Welcome to episode 29 of the Look Closer podcast. My name is Will Darden, and this is our 10th episode in just a month of season two of our podcast. We've spent the last 10 episodes looking at the COVID-19 pandemic, and today we close our time with a little bit of reflection on our season. We talk through each of the highlights of each of our guests and our podcasts, and we close with a reading, um, an original reading that we hope you'll enjoy. So without further ado, we will go ahead and get started. Alright everybody, we are here, episode 29, with Elizabeth Darden. Elizabeth, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, how are you? Pretty good. Well, here we are, one month to the day of our first coronavirus season episode. Um, we've had a really good last month, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I. it's been awesome. Definitely nice to have something to keep us occupied on the weeknights. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, in just a minute, we're going to do a reading of a piece I wrote just about um, what the world will look like in the future, having been shaped by COVID-19. Um, but before we do that, I just thought we'd reflect a little bit on um, this past season. Um, we're both looking at a list of our guests. And um, yeah, we can start with um, with that episode uh, with the background of the coronavirus. So that, mm-hmm. believe it or not, that was uh, back when the U.S. I think only had like 16,000 cases or something like that, maybe wow. a little bit less. Yeah, um, It was definitely uh, before before a lot of the craziness that we've seen um, but that was really interesting. That was the first time that I'd ever done a podcast by myself, <laughs> but it was mm-hmm. fun to put together content and uh, and get it ready and do some research and yeah. educate people on the background of the virus. And I think that's been one of our actually more popular ones from this season, especially at that time when you recorded it. I think there were just so many questions looming around what is this? How is this affecting us and going to affect us? And so I think a lot of people really yeah. enjoyed that and kind of craved that. Um, but then we moved into our first guests of the season, which was Sarah Kay and Connor Mooney. Oh, that was awesome. They were yeah. so great. They just packed a punch with parenting and Connor talking about his job at the nursing home and Sarah Kay talking about her job in education. I just thought they, and they were so honest about mm-hmm. their children and their experiences. Some That was some perspective we really couldn't have gotten from most people. Yeah. And then from there, we brought on Ashley Kramer and talked about uh, a little bit of the church's response. I think you um, skipped somebody, actually. Oh, my list isn't isn't accurate. Riley yeah, yeah. and Natalie Davis. Riley and Natalie was right after that. Yeah. Yes. So we, we talked with them about what it's like to be Americans abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, we were afraid for their safety when the virus was ravaging Europe before it really had taken root here. But then they were reaching out to us asking mm-hmm. how we were doing. Um, but I appreciated their perspective on missions and how evangelism yeah. could change in the future. Yeah, that was awesome. And then moving into Ashley. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, yeah. She was great. I actually, I think Abby mentioned in our most recent podcast, I can't remember if it was on air or not, but Abby was like, that girl, Ashley, she is so wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She and, was great. And we've seen a lot of innovation from different churches yeah. on how they're reaching out to their community and, and congregants and people beyond um, that too. So that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, we brought on Sanchez Fair. Uh, we he talked was great. about, yeah, that was really cool. We talked about how the virus is impacting his family, his business. Um, but we also talked about how minority communities are, are more affected by a lot of the 
um, just the, the danger of the virus and the and the social impact. And um, that was really, really poignant because since we've done that podcast, it's been there's been more and more research coming out Absolutely. that black and brown communities are more vulnerable, yeah. um, which is really, really important. Yeah. Um, then we about. talked with my best friend, Suze. Suze. She was I thought she was so just so strong and able to communicate her emotions so well about planning a yeah. wedding of all things during can't this imagine time. How, how challenging it is to even like put thoughts together about and, what and tomorrow could look like let alone she, a wedding yeah, yeah the way she shared about their marriage counseling and just gave her perspective on her faith through all of this i thought was was really special especially yeah. for and then we had a then we had a fun uh fun sports podcast yes. we had a had andrew hill big and, and uh, big on and that was yes. really cool and talked about the oddities of watching sports, you know, after the fact and nothing live. And, uh, that was, that was awesome. I think that was pretty silly. We had a pretty, oh, yeah. we had the John Cena theme song as our <laughs> intro track. <laughs> y'all were great. I, yeah. I, I thought that was really, y'all probably could have kept talking for four hours. Yes, if we, we could have. Yeah, <laughs> and then most recently we had two of my other best friends, Abby and Claire, who are both nurses in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was I guess it was the most recent, so it's really strong in my memory, but I just thought that was such a good view from the inside of what the hospitals are like. And I'm still, some of those anecdotes, really the chalk narrative that she mentioned about people drawing on the chalk outside of when they're walking to work and people sending care baskets and things like that. I just, that was really encouraging to see some of the light in all of this really deep darkness within the hospitals and everything. So, yeah. And so that brings us to today. So, wow. um, yeah, we've done a month of podcasts and, uh, you know, I think we've had some pretty awesome conversations. We've covered a lot of ground, invited some really great people on, and we really wanted to end in a, uh, in a strong place. And so, um, as, as some of y'all know, I like to write and, uh, I sh- shared a little bit, uh, a few months ago about a piece I wrote and, and was, I've been thinking about how we want to close out this season. And, uh, I'm going to share with you, it takes about eight minutes for me to read it. Um, share with you a piece that I just wrote and I'll post it later, but, um, yeah, it's called cracks. And, uh, the thought is that it reflects on how the virus is affecting people now, but how it's also exposed, um, some cracks in society that have been here for a long time. So, uh, I'm really excited to read it to you. So we'll read it and then we'll come back, uh, really briefly and close out the podcast. Cracks. On a normal day, you may not notice them. In a car, you drive right over them. On foot, you just step around them. Perhaps the danger of jagged road canyons is more evident for the tip-prone design of a bicycle. But we find a way to coexist with them. And then one cold winter day, a bitter rainstorm brings danger to the roads. Water seeps in, and in the darkness of night, it freezes. Eighth grade science class taught us that when water freezes, it expands and causes considerable damage to anything around it when this happens. The cracks become wider. Tiny fault lines scrawled across concrete and asphalt become great chasms that threaten to harm anything that moves over them. Once virtually ignorable, the cracks in the road are now hazardous and must be dealt with. The world before COVID-19 was one with deep, dangerous cracks, we will call them, from the start. We're trained to avoid deep potholes that have littered the landscape of life from the moment we're born. The crack of inequitable education. Before the virus, just by looking at data, we could anticipate a great number of students in our country would not receive a great education just by analyzing the zip code they were born in. 
or the crack of generational poverty. It has always been difficult for the working poor to move out of the lower tiers of the social ladder. But in recent years, we have seen that sometimes just one unexpected car or health-related expense is enough to throw the entire machine out of sync for them for months or years on end. Surely it can't just be the work of poor financial planning when we hear that four out of the ten of us couldn't cover a $400 unexpected expense. Consider the crack of the rising costs of higher education, which have promised up-and-out results to a generation of young families only to saddle them with crippling debt when that dream has to be put on hold to care for a greater need. A country whose stock market has created a narrative that we're all beneficiaries of living in, quote, the richest nation on earth, but to many that reality has been nowhere to be found. Basic requirements of life, housing, food, education, health care, access to credit, have become luxuries. These are the cracks laid bare by COVID-19. Enter the coronavirus, the once-in-a-century ice storm that threatens to wreak havoc on our cracks and potholes. Sparing no one and seemingly unaware that it was not invited to traverse the Atlantic and make its way into our great nation, it crossed every line we'd drawn up. From Asia to the Middle East, from Iran to Italy, from Italy to America, it was not someone else's problem anymore. It was now ours, too. Meteorologists will tell you there are few ways to prepare for an ice storm. With enough warning, transportation departments may lay salt in the hopes that it will lower the freezing temperature of the impending surge of water. But even the strongest salt solutions struggle once the temperature dips below zero degrees Fahrenheit. With COVID, we missed the boat on preparing. There was no time for salt. And the great freeze, as we will call it, came. For many affluent or white-collar workers, this meant heading home indefinitely and venturing out only for supplies like groceries or takeout. For most of the entertainment industry, the freeze brought unemployment and income insecurity. For service workers, now considered, quote, essential, it hastened the arrival of a wrenching conundrum. Do I choose between looking out for my family to be able to earn enough to make ends meet, or do I stay home and forfeit pay to be more cautious of my health? Can you imagine such a decision? For those who spent their lives before the freeze, trying to make a living while facing the brunt of the countless cracks in our society, this season has been catastrophic. Public transportation workers have fallen ill on the job and become hospitalized or died, as have those living in nursing homes, prisons, and crowded tenement apartments. Black and brown people with underlying health conditions, no doubt brought about by the difficulty and stress of navigating crack after crack in society for a lifetime, are terribly vulnerable to falling ill and passing away, even in 2020. Today, the official worldwide toll of the freeze is this. 2.5 million people have been infected. 172,120 have died and the lives of billions of others have been disrupted or displaced, with nearly 22 million people unemployed as a result of the virus in America today. The numbers are numbing to comprehend. 14,000 dead in New York, nearly 5,000 in New Jersey, almost 2,800 in Michigan. While the virus has spared no group, it has torn apart our most vulnerable communities. 
A total of 40,000 American lives have been cut short by this great freeze. Who knows what the final toll will be, but we know what task will befall us next, the task of fixing, filling, repaving, patching all of these cracks turned into chasms by the great freeze. Things will be different now. We will grow used to health screenings at football games and concerts, and perhaps even at weddings and funerals. Until a vaccine arrives, we'll oscillate between closings and quarantines, reopenings and more shutting down. When will normal return? We'll give way to a reluctant acquiescence to the new normal that awaits on the other side of this crisis. The widened crack of K-12 education has been laid bare for all to see. Distance learning has proven inconvenient and challenging for the most privileged among us, but it has been woefully ineffective in serving the needs of the most vulnerable. Who knew that education platforms designed for a desktop internet browser were so much harder to use on a phone with an unstable internet connection? Perhaps we knew that before all this, as that teeny tiny little crack was easy to step over. But a small, barely noticeable crack like this has been widened and exposed by the freeze. The crack that runs through higher education is just as terrifying. College students paying thousands of dollars to attend classes on campus and living in crowded dorms and apartments before the virus will be affected by the financial costs of the freeze for years to come. How many will choose not to return in the fall? Some who are faced with the new reality, college as Zoom calls, may tolerate the high price in the short run for the reward of the long run, but how many among us will justify taking out loans of $5,000 or $10,000 per year when the burdens of work and family threaten to distract us from the learning at hand? Perhaps the widened crack in high education will foster new kinds of innovative educational options and programs, but it surely will never be the same. The cracks running like capillaries through the gig economy and one-day shipping have been laid bare for all to see by the terror of the great freeze. Working as an independent contractor without health care benefits was perilous before the freeze, but it has shown to be terrifyingly inadequate now. In the coming years, pandemic-proof jobs will be praised by recruiters and employers around the world, and some may choose to trade a different career path for, for the security of knowing they'll be safe when the next freeze comes. There were many who warned of the human toll on warehouse workers who make possible fast, convenient online shopping when the crack was still barely noticeable. But now consumers are ever more aware of the ways they are contributing to the risks of distribution center and parcel service workers every time they click buy now. Will the great freeze lead to a new wave of workforce protections? Who knows? There are countless other cracks to consider. What will become of our political system in hospitals? What will happen if millions of people can't pay the out-of-pocket costs of the care they receive to survive the virus? What will happen to people who lose their jobs due to something completely out of their control and can't pay their mortgages anymore? Will companies and churches and birthday parties and conversations return to their traditionally offline tendencies? Or will this moment forge new and lasting ways to connect without being physically close? Will we want to get on a plane again after all this? Or enter an arena for a concert with 17,000 other people? Will we willingly take on debt that will be impossible to repay in the event of a sudden, unexpected, complete loss of income? 
Will we consider the value added by the vulnerable immigrants in a year or two when we recall that their, quote, essential work had to continue during the freeze so that our construction projects and regular lawn maintenance were able to stay on schedule? Will, quote, essential workers still get the applause and attention they received during the freeze? Will we go back to barely acknowledging the bagger helping us with our groceries while we focus on whatever frivolous thing is filling our screens? Or will we forget? Will we fix a couple cracks here and there, patching them haphazardly and promising to buy more salt in the future? Or will we repave entire roads like the ones just described? Whatever comes next, know this. The world will not be the same. Our children's children will be affected by the Great Freeze. And we have the chance to make sure the world they live in is better for the people who hop over cracks every day. This is the American spirit. To take this opportunity to build better roads, create stronger foundations, and pave over any crack that makes it difficult for one of us to succeed. For another threat will return, and we must press forward. We can be ready for the next great freeze, but will we choose to be? And that's all for now, folks. Season two has come to a close. Thank you so much for listening, for all of your, uh, we like that episode, or good job, or your reshares, or reposts, your likes. Um, your reviews, your ratings on iTunes. Um, we appreciate you. Yeah, it's cool to know that y'all have been listening. Please share this podcast with anyone you think uh, would enjoy it, right? We all need more human connection during this season. And even after this season's over, sure. um, we hope that this podcast can be a resource for anyone who wants to know what life was like Absolutely. during the COVID-19 pandemic. So stay safe, stay well, and enjoy life. Bye, everybody. <laughs>